So there are three four defenses, there are four three de defenses. Ed Donatel said that they were gonna run both. What's up with that? We're gonna, I'm gonna try to get that, that to make sense here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And uh, thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Today on the show, is we're going to talk about fronts and defensive fronts, 4-3 versus 3-4. That's the, the main topic of the show. And, and by the end of it, I want you to get what all that crap means and how it utilizes players' skill sets. And then hopefully, if we're really good about this, we can extrapolate that to, okay, what skill sets do the Vikings need? Do their current players have that? And if not, you know, what draft prospects do we want or whatever? And we can sort of co come back to this throughout the offseason and, and have an understanding of like what we're looking for. What's a scheme fit now? To catch you up to the, I guess, mainstream conversation here, a lot of people will say, well, what's better, a 3-4 or a 4-3? And then somebody who's a little bit more well-versed in football will say, eh, you probably, those two have kind of melded into one thing lately and you kind of shouldn't. And it's all because of nickel. So... Basically, 4-3 means four defensive linemen, three linebackers, and a 3-4 is the other way around, right? That's Everybody probably knows that. And then and in nickel, 3-4 defenses become four down defenses. Somebody might be rushing from a two-point stance instead of a three-point stance, i.e. they're standing up instead of a hand in the dirt, and that might be a difference, but it's like a very minor difference. You have four people threatening on the line of scrimmage usually, or more if they're threatening a blitz or a sim pressure or something like that. And that's usually how 3-4 defenses work in nickel. One of those linebackers comes up and threatens. And then in 4-3, when they're in nickel, a linebacker comes off the field and it looks almost indistinguishable. No better example than an underfront in a nickel defense. So an underfront just refers to the front being shifted toward the weak side. So you will have a threatening pass rusher of some sort threatening the weak side tackle who is not covered up by a tight end and therefore he's kind of a little more vulnerable you line up a guy way outside they call him an overhang defender because he's kind of hanging over the the no man's land and that's going to be a really difficult matchup for the tackle and sort of the point of an under front is to make life hard for that weak side tackle um and whether it's a 3-4 or a 4-3 once you get into nickel it is genuinely the exact same alignment like the Nose tackle will shade like it's a 4-3. In, in a 3-4 defense, in a Wink Martindale 3-4 defense, that big old Haloti Nada zero tech will shade over the center toward the strong side, um, just like Linval Joseph would in a Mike Zimmer 4-3 defense. It's the exact same alignment. It's the same thing with um, the edge rusher becomes, or you know, there will be like a three technique, which usually 3-4 defenses don't like boast a, a Sheldon Richardson-esque three technique. Um, in an underfront, they're lining up just like that. The functional difference is who is on the field. Um, and this is where, to me, it starts to get really unimportant because the 
you know, there, there could be a difference between like a three, four outside linebacker, a sort of hybrid linebacker, defensive line, pass rusher specialist type who's maybe a little faster, a little more wiry. Um, and then versus, you know, a, a four, three edge rusher. That's like a Fadio Denebo, this big stout kind of, you know, he doesn't drop into coverage kind of guy. There's like different kinds of players. But with the Vikings, that guy's just going to be Daniel Hunter every time. And I don't care what you call him, linebacker or whatever. He's going to be Daniel Hunter. He's going to be an edge rusher. And call it a 3-4 edge rusher linebacker type or call it a 4-3 true edge. It's going to be the same dude doing the same assignments. So that's part of why 4-3 versus 3-4 just doesn't carry any meaning for me. However... I should probably go over with you some of the fronts that Vic Fangio teams like to use. And that under front is a Vic Fangio staple, and it's why I started there. So call it 4-3 or 3-4 under. Um, but depending on what the personnel is, I mean, like with the Broncos, they had Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller playing those outside linebacker spots and doing under fronts with that. So you had, you know, Bradley Chubb, if it was a, if they were going up against a slow offensive tackle, and that offensive tackle happened to be on the weak side. They'd line the tight end, tight end up on the other side of that slow tackle. They would line up Bradley Chubb as an overhang defender against that tackle way out wide, and then suddenly their slow tackle has to cover a way more space than he's comfortable covering and then block Bradley Chubb. And they would you know, really be able to stress that guy. And that was kind of the point of the Fangio 4-3 under thing. And so he would actually use a lot of 4-3 fronts, but replacing with 3-4 personnel. You'd have a one technique nose tackle in the Linval Joseph role that kind of has to pass rush a little bit, but that guy would be some huge big belly nose tackle. Um, some big zero technique Vince Wilfork type. And that guy would just have to push the pocket. And of course, he'd be way stronger than everybody in front of him, especially against a wide zone where everybody across from you is wiry and small. Of course, I mean, we're Vikings fans. We're familiar with that problem, right? Um, and you'd be able to get a big push. And, and that's part of why the Vic Fangio defenses have gotten so popular and why the Vikings, I think, have turned to it, because they tend to put stronger guys in the middle that can take advantage of everybody's like tiny little center. And on the outsides, everybody's tackle is six, eight and three fifty, three hundred fifty 350 pounds. Um, so you get a little bit more speed. And what's really cool is you get a lot of variability in terms of who rushes and who doesn't. I'm going to go over a couple more fronts too, that I think explain that a little bit better. So I'm just going to tell you about some fronts and it'll tell you the kinds of things we're looking for. But in terms of the under front, speed-based pass rushers, or maybe even speed to power, like what Andre Patterson would teach, um, is very good. And that's that's where Daniel Hunter fits. And that's why, you know, say, yeah, he'll be out he'll be linebacker, he'll be edge rusher, quote unquote. Um, and it's not gonna matter because he's his job is going to be wreak havoc on tackles. He's pretty he he can do that. And I don't know if it really matters what what label you put next to him on the depth chart for that one. Um, but I want to talk to you about some other fronts as well. Um, first, let me talk to you about a good old gramble. It's it, it's not football season, but you can bet on football futures. I'm pretty sure you can even bet on like over unders of win totals. You can bet like where will Aaron Rodgers play? Although he's like minus 400 to return to Green Bay. So if he doesn't, if you're like, nah, I think he's going to Denver, there's probably some money to be made there. 
Um, but you could bet on that kind of future, you know, where players will end up. And you could just bet on like basketball or hockey or golf or tennis or MMA or whatever. Just head on over to Bet Online. It's your one stop shop for all things news, odds, scores, whatever. They've got a live betting apparatus that I really like. They've got a player prop builder. If you want to build some funky parlays or whatever, they have a great tool to like customize it. So go check out all of their cool stuff. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Maybe your first watch of the day if you're watching on YouTube, which would be pretty cool of you if you did that. Uh, you should also watch the Locked On NFL podcast on YouTube. Uh, they we're, we're doing cool stuff over there as well. You can catch me on there every Tuesday. So the next one I want to talk about is going to be a very familiar front to you, and it's the double A. The double A mug, sugar the A-gap, Mike Zimmer thing. Look. Zimmer got a lot of press for doing that, and it spread to the whole league. Everybody's doing the double-A mug, and the Vic Fangio version of it and a 3-4s version of it are a little different, and you can kind of see the advantages and also the disadvantages. Um, the nice thing is the Fangio scheme runs both the Zimmer version and the 3-4 version, and it will mix it up and sprinkle one in or the other depending on what concepts it's going to see. So let me explain. So if you're unfamiliar, the double-A mug puts um, your bigs, quote-unquote, your your four defensive linemen. This is the Zimmer kind that's a 4-3. So your four defensive linemen will line up outside the guards. You'll have one between each guard and tackle, and you'll have one outside the tackle, leaving both A-gaps open. So both gaps between the center and the guard are open. And you'll put both the linebackers, this would be Kendricks and Barr, over that center. So you're threatening six people, all on the line of scrimmage, all there to blitz. So that's very good against uh the run because every gap is covered right it's also a very good uh pressure package because um when you have six threats like that typically the center will then call a protection if it's a 5-0 protection so it's a five-man protection you're threatening six people that's a problem for the offensive line and the way that they will attack that problem is by essentially creating a, a set of if-thens that is designed to leave the least dangerous man unblocked. And usually the least dangerous man is the one with the longest path to the quarterback and you'll block everybody else. And if that guy happens to come, the quarterback becomes responsible for that guy and he throws hot, which usually means, you know, flip out a quick one to the running back and that space should be vacated if the play is well designed to counter the, the, the front or to counter the, the blitz package. And that cat and mouse game is a big thing that coaches deal with every week. So the Vic Fangio will run that kind of stuff. You're going to see that same double A gap look that Mike Zimmer was so famous for. Everybody stole it. It's not his anymore. It's everybody's. But the three, four versions a little bit more interesting because when you're going in the four, three version of that front, usually the two guys on the outside are going to be edge rushers. They're going to be Daniil Hunter and DJ Wanham and, and Everson Griffin types. Those guys are not as fast as linebackers. Um, they're, you know, I mean, Daniel Hunter's plenty fast, but Eric Kendricks is faster, I think. Uh, uh, check me on that one. But typically, right, defensive end is going to be slower than, than a linebacker. So it's really easy for the offensive line to say, okay, that defensive end is big out there and he's way far away from the quarterback. We're just going to block everybody else and let him come and we'll throw hot on him and the quarterback will have plenty of time. Make that guy a linebacker especially a speedy guy, like I keep going back to Bradley Chubb, but make him like a Bradley Chubb um, or Von Miller, like in his heyday, make it that. And suddenly that guy might not be the least dangerous man. He might be too fast. And you might have to say, well, maybe we leave the zero technique guy that's big and slow unblocked. And if we have the right kind of quarterback, he can run away from Michael Pierce or, you know, Holodi Nada or Vince Wilfork. But like, listen to the, position you just put the offense in they are leaving 
the nose tackle unblocked in the protection. So you're definitely not running play action off of that kind of protection. And you're not going to you don't have a run check in that kind of protection unless you really trust the offensive line to be on its P's and Q's Um, further. If you have a linebacker out there who's a little faster and that guy drops off into coverage, which can happen sometimes on these blitz packages, he's going to be better in coverage and he's going to be better equipped to get out to the flat. One of the things that made Anthony Barr so important in Mike Zimmer's defense, especially when he was in his prime. I mean, his athleticism's dropped off now and it's different, but when Barr was really in his prime, what made him special was that he could sugar the A-gap, line up right over the center, and then he could back out and go all the way to the flat and chase a running back, and he had the athleticism to do that. That's really rare. And that double A-gap look didn't work as well for teams like Cincinnati when Paul Gunther tried to try it there because, uh, you know, somebody like... Vontae's perfect or somebody else wasn't fast enough to get out to the flat the way Anthony Barr did. And so if it was a, you know, if the, if you needed to, you could just flip the ball out to Alvin Kamara or whoever's out there and the linebacker wouldn't be able to chase it and you'd be able to get a ton of yards, but Barr could shut that down. So without an Anthony Barr, go back to the 3-4 version and that guy's Bradley Chubb, right, or Von Miller, that guy whose job is going to be to get out to the flat is now lining up out wide over the tackle. He's closer to where he needs to be. He has less uh, ground to cover, and therefore, you don't need to have as athletic of a guy. Therefore, you can make that guy a better pass rusher. That can be Daniil Hunter, and then you can ask him to run out and play something in the flat because he doesn't need to be as fast as a total linebacker. That's the cool part about the double A-gap look. It's just changing who's where. Instead of the linebackers in the A-gap, you're actually condensing all the defensive linemen. You have all your, your bigs inside, and then your linebackers on the outside, and the checkdown is different. And you can, you can deploy both of these fronts in a different way, depending on who you're up against. You can watch tape and say, well, when they throw hot, do they prefer that to be a slant over the middle? Because then I'm doing the 4-3 version, the Mike Zimmer version with the linebackers over the middle, and Eric Kendricks is going to back off and he's going to pick off that hot route slant. Or do they like to flip it out to a running back in the flat? Then we're going to do the 3-4 version where the linebacker's out on the outside. And you're going to find that this is the pattern here. The, the great goal... And the great advantage of being able to run both 4-3 and 3-4 things, Ed Donatel said it, but he coach speaked it, uh, where he said, you know, the, we're going to be multiple, we're going to, it's going to make it really difficult to play against us, and it's going to make it really hard for quarterbacks. It is. Um, and I'm going into more detail on that. It's very difficult because you can tailor the fronts you choose to prepare for that week based on what you see on tape, rather than just having to kind of run the same setup every time Everson Griffin rushes from the right, Daniil Hunter rushes from the left, and you've got Linval Joseph, and then you've got, I'll, I'll say Tom Johnson, that was the 2017, Tom Johnson's your three technique, and that's that every time. And that presented its challenges because all of those players were really good at what they did, and teams, you know, had it could kind of beat everything because they were so good at it. There wasn't like a good hard counter to it, or at least until Doug Peterson figured him out with RPOs. Uh, but I digress in the, this new Fangio version of it, you can do that all day if they don't have an answer to it, but if they do, you can morph into something completely else. And now they'll have to deal that or to really confuse quarterbacks. You can mix it up more, which is what I'm going to talk about next when I talk about bear fronts. And then it's kind of sister front called five Oh five mug. But first look, it's late February. If you made a New Year's resolution way back at the beginning of the year and you're still on it, m- mazel. 
just power to you. For the rest of us humans, there's Built Bar. Because late night chocolatey cravings get the better of all of us. And instead of capitulating and going eating some disgusting candy bar with like 300 calories and 30 grams of sugar, reach for a Built Bar. Tastes the same. That thing tastes like a candy bar. You're going to crave that thing specifically. It is so good. Especially their marshmallow puff, which is like marshmallowy, drenched in chocolate, like what's not to like. But it's all like collagen protein and magic that makes it absolutely delicious. Reach for one of those. That's like 130 calories and like four grams of sugar and then like 17 grams of protein. So head on over to built.com, order whatever you want from there, and you can enter promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You can get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all one word, at built.com. All right, so last year, um, the Vikings kind of adopted the Fangio stuff. They started doing more tight fronts, which I'll explain in a second, more similar fronts to what the Fangio defense did. And and, and it didn't work out, mostly because they couldn't set the edge. And that was a, a DJ Wanham thing and a size thing and personnel didn't work and they didn't have the depth and all those problems we've talked about a million times before. Um, but to, to give you a sense for for like smoothness of transition, they kind of started that transition under Zimmer and they've just decided to really commit to it by hiring Ed Donatel and a bunch of people off of this tree. Um, one of the fronts that the that everybody's using now is the bear front. And the bear front is very good against the wide zone. The bear front is named the bear front, I believe, because of Buddy Ryan's bears <laughs> doing it way back in the 80s. Uh, and it's going up against a defense from the early 90s or the mid, or, eh, the whole 90s, I guess. The wide zone, Shanahan defense. That's everywhere, the McVeigh, everything. I mean, that's a 1990s offense versus the 1980s defense. Everything old is new again. Welcome to the NFL. Um, so here's what the bear front is and why it's good against that. The bear front has three people all up on the center, basically. You you have a zero technique and then a four eye and a four eye. And a four eye just means you're lined up on the tackle with an inside shade. That's what that eye means. So you have um, kind of three guys inside the tackles, and that's really aggressive. Most defenses will not have three. They call them bigs, three bigs inside the tackles. That's a ton of beef in there. And it's really good against the run heavy wide zone, especially because, I mean, you got a lot of beef and the wide zone is made of smaller, faster linemen. So you got a lot of power and they'll struggle with that. Um, but also it allows you to really control the angles in a way that a wide zone really doesn't want you to, because you just have so many bodies in there and it really helps you flatten things out. And it's a good counter. And so the bare front is everywhere because the wide zone is everywhere. And that's how defenses know to counter it. Um, so, if you think about it from a 3-4 perspective or a 4-3 perspective, like, I don't know if a lot changes here. If you think about, like, the the personnel the Vikings have, um, and we'll include Anthony Barr in this for now just because it's easy to think about, even though we don't know if he's going to be in there and he's not under contract, whatever. We'll, we'll include him. But think about Daniil Hunter and Anthony Barr on the outside. Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, Michael Pierce, and uh, I don't know, like James Lynch or somebody on the inside, right? Um, all playing, like, 4-I, 4-I, and then Michael Pierce in the on the interior lined up head against the center. So you have these like run stuffers on the inside and then on the outside bar and Hunter and there's your front, right? And you can blitz somebody, you can back somebody off into coverage. If you want to do something like sim pressure, you can, you know, blitz somebody and then have them replace. You can do all sorts of weird blitzes out of that, but really it's meant to stop the run and imagine trying to run against a front like that, right? Like that's insane. Um, five Oh five mug is the same alignment, but you switch who's who. So you have Hunter and Bar or your Bar replacement line up at 4-I. 
and they're the ones lining up against guards, and then you move your bigs to the outside. And again, not unlike the double A stuff, that can really help. Because here's the deal. You're not backing Michael Pierceoff into coverage. You're not backing Dalvin Tomlinson into coverage, right? That is a bad idea. So if you want to back somebody into coverage over the middle of the field, uh, they either need to be somebody who's athletic enough to line up on the outside of the tackle and then back off into the middle of the field and be able to cover all that grass, or you line them up in the middle if they're not athletic enough and you just threaten the, the the pass rush that way. And if those guys are Daniil Hunter and Anthony Barr guys who are pretty good pass rushers in their own right, then, you know, you can you can mix it up that way. Um, so hopefully this gives you a sense for the kind of player we're looking for. We talked about it a ton. You need athletic, rangy linebackers because what you don't want to do is have your front be a tell. And I just talked about, hey, look, you know, if you've got a linebacker that's not that athletic, you have to line him up over the middle. And then if he's going to back off into coverage, the offense knows where he's going to back off into coverage because they know he can only go so far. So if he's lined up sugar in the A gap, right, if Anthony Barr is lined up sugaring the A gap because he can't get out to the flat anymore, the, the offense knows that he can't get out to the flat anymore. So they will feel comfortable sending their running back out and you've sort of tipped your hand. So you need an athletic linebacker and it's why and I have some reservations about making like the true linebackers out of like Daniel Hunter and Anthony Barr because they don't have the range to do the versatile things that this Fangio defense is trying to do now I don't think Daniel Hunter will be a true linebacker in the way that somebody like Kyle Van Noy would have been or that like Anthony Barr would be where he's lining up off the ball and backing off into zone coverages and stuff I, I don't think that that's a good use for him maybe I'm wrong I mean he did it in college so sure um, but I, I think it's probably best to make him just a guy that terrorizes offensive linemen all day because that's what he got to all pros doing and messing with that seems weird. Um, and Anthony Barr just isn't as fast as he used to be. Um, but look, Kevin O'Connell has already hinted that he wants to keep Anthony Barr. And, and we've already talked about how that kind of makes sense with, uh, cap wise, that makes sense. It saves a little bit of space to actually keep him around as counterintuitive as that would be. So maybe that happens. But in terms of the linebacker need the Vikings have, they need a quick one, a rangy one. Thinking about other three fours in the league, you know, the, the Cardinals have an Isaiah Simmons um, or the Cowboys. They run a four three, but somebody like a Micah Parsons would be like a perfect person for that role because there's somebody who's fast enough to be in coverage, but also an adept pass rusher. Um, a, a prime Anthony Barr would be perfect. And again, he was this in the three four at UCLA. That does tell you a little bit of the need. They also need a big giant three or a big giant zero technique with a big belly. They got that in Michael Pierce. Um, but I've seen some cap plans that say we cut Michael Pierce. Well, you got to get another guy who's big and very, very effective at the nose tackle position, because without that centerpiece, that linchpin, everything really falls apart. And we kind of saw that in the 2021 Vikings, where they tried to run these things. And then when Michael Pierce left the field and then you had like Armin Watts getting washed out of the play, that was like really rough. And you also need physicality from those edges, from those guys who often line up like where a 4-3 would put his three technique, right? Between the tackle and guard, your edge rusher is going to line up between the tackle and guard a lot. That guy's got to have some beef. So you need a little bit of size. So the the, the DJ Wanums, the tiny little dudes, I, I don't know how much they help unless you're going to have DJ Wanum cover. If DJ Wanum learns how to cover, he could be an effective guy in this defense. But if he needs to be an edge rusher, he's got to be able to set that edge. And that means bulk. Um, and you're, you're really specializing who your bigs, your bigs are and who your, your faster hybrid players are. Um, so if you aren't fast enough to be a hybrid player, you better be big enough to 
like hold the line and hold a spot. And if you aren't, I don't think you're going to be a scheme fit for the Vikings anymore. So when you're doing your draft stuff and your free agency wish list and stuff, keep that in mind. You need somebody who's either fast enough to be a tweener, Micah Parsons type, or big enough to be somebody like a Dalvin Tomlinson or a Michael Pierce. Um, we're going to keep that in mind and I'm going to reference back to this show a lot. So keep this one in your bookmarks and, and come back to it. I know I went through a lot of stuff really fast and if, if you totally glazed over, I totally get it. We're going to talk about it more and hopefully by the end of the off season, I can get everybody real comfortable with this. Um, but in the meantime, that is the week of locked on Vikings. Um, I, I'll be back on Monday. We'll talk about whatever news hits or whatever. We'll, we'll keep talking about the cap. We'll keep doing, uh, whatever it is that I feel like I want to do. And look, free agency's coming, man. Tampering windows on like the 14th of, it's in like a couple weeks. So going to be a good time. I will see you all next week. And as always, skull.